you literally last year were playing teenagers and now you're you're a mom. <laughs> so I've like, been wild. playing a teenager for like my whole career, basically. So yeah. it's weird to go from backpacks to uh, baby Bjorn. Kristen Maldonado here and welcome to another episode of Pop Culture Planet, where we cover the world of entertainment while also shedding a light on representation and inclusion. This week we're joined by the hilarious, beautiful, phenomenal Jessica Marie Garcia, best known for On My Block and Batman Unburied. We're talking her career, uplifting Latinos in entertainment, and how to stand up for what you believe in. I hope you enjoy this conversation. I'm going to go back a little bit. I mean, did, where did you first find your love of entertainment? Did you kind of grow up dreaming of acting and performing? Where did that all come from? Oh, yeah. Like from the womb. Uh, I'm an only child. So like performing and getting everyone's attention has been like my number one priority. I feel like it's like my love language. So um, acting has always been something I loved. And again, being um, ra being raised by a single mom, like she worked all the time. So I feel like TV and movies were my babysitter. So I fell in love with it right away, but I constantly, I mean, I noticed from the, from a very young age that no one really looked like me and that was jarring. I think um, it put a little damper on my dreams thinking like, well, maybe I can't do this because I haven't seen it, but my mom has always instilled in me such a sense of like confidence that, you know, if this is what you want to do, then you need to be the best at it. So even at a young age, she was making me watch. Like I remember watching gone with the wind and Ben Hur in one day. I'm like, mom, I'm, I'm 11. I don't know if these were <laughs> made for me, but um, seeing, I, I feel like these two performances kind of, um, kind of sum me up funny girl, Barbara Streisand and funny girl. And then watching John Leguizamo and freak. Those were like, I, I was like, how do I, how I, I'm like two of these people. Like I wanted to have like this whole like grandiose musical number, even though I can't sing a lick, it's really, it's horrible. But that performance just meant everything to me because she wasn't this, you know, commercially gorgeous woman, even though she is to me, but like, you know, to the world. And then to see John Leguizamo, a Latino, like be center stage with that, you know, that spotlight on him and him be hysterical and have him speak a language that I understood. You know, like he was talking about chancletas and like, all, you know, and I was like, oh, my God, like he knows what that's like. I know what that's like. And that was like the first time I was hearing this besides, you know, listening to telenovelas. But like it was completely Spanish. So I was like, I fall in this middle category. So it, it, I, I think that from the very beginning, I wanted to do this. Nothing else could stop me. And then when I didn't see myself represented, I would start getting scripts offline of like my favorite movies and I would write myself a part in them. And that like, <laughs> no, for, for real. And that like sparked a love for, of writing for me. So I've always wanted to do both. Oh, wow. And so have you been writing as well? And are you like working on anything in terms of that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, for Go Off, I helped write a couple of the sketches. And then I was on an all-girl sketch group called Betch. Uh, you can find our stuff on Amazon now. But uh, I helped write a bunch of those. And then me and a, my, my really good friend Cole is my writing partner and we've been developing a few projects. So hopefully you will learn about them soon if they get okayed by the higher ups in the world. So we'll see. But no, I, writing, I love it. I, I, it's, it's a huge passion of mine. Oh, wow. That's amazing. I love that. Going off of what you were saying, of like not really seeing yourself on screen. Like how did you then kind of jump into those opportunities of like, you know, getting auditions and getting booked, like, did you ever feel like you were being stereotyped or people weren't believing in you? And how did you get past all that? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. 
um, I felt like I just needed specific outfits in my trunk, which were like a bully, um, a maid. Those were probably the two, the two biggest ones. Um, and I was always praying for all ethnicity breakdowns. So basically for people that don't know, like those are breakdowns of parts that um, if they say all ethnicities, they're not specifically looking for a Latino. And I was looking for those because my, my Spanish is not great. And I know that somebody else would be playing those roles a hell of a lot better than me. So I was, but I wasn't like this gringa, like I wasn't this like white, beautiful girl that was getting cast and everything else. So it was really important for me to find these breakdowns that weren't specific, but wanted somebody else that wasn't white. So I could be like, hi, I, I, I could play, I could be that, I could be your, your other in your, in your script. So that, that's kind of what I was always gearing towards. Um, but, and those were the roles that I was getting. Like, I don't think that I ha uh, auditioned for something that was specifically Latino and booked it until on my block. Oh, wow. Really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, I was getting stereotyped all the time. And I think even Jasmine could have easily been a stereotype, but the creators and the producers were really great with me and, and really sat down with me. And especially for season two, like I was, I was telling them all along. I was like, the reason I can play Jasmine is because I know the pain it takes to be Jasmine. You know, I know the, the, the pain it takes to be that funny girl, you know, because comedy stems from drama. Mm. And oh, I, that is deep. You know what Ooh. I mean? Yeah, yes. no, but it's real. It's real. Like, you know, anybody that's like the class clown is probably dealing with a lot at home. That is like such a, like a unique way to, to look at that, you know, to, to find that like depth in a character that maybe like you said, could have been perceived as like a stereotype and going even further with that. So when you're kind of like crafting your characters and stuff, how, like, is that what you kind of go into is like, are you thinking about it in all these different ways? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I was lucky that I went to a really great high school that had a performing arts magnet. And we really, you know, dug deep into performances and characters. And then when I came out here, I had a fantastic acting coach named John Kirby, who really taught me scene study and how to like dissect a character. Cause I remember I did, I did a scene in class where like I had to cry and I was like crying and I was like, oh my God, I'm so good, I'm crying. And he was just like, did you enjoy that? Was that a good time for you? Because people don't realize that like, it's so easy to turn something like that on but that doesn't mean that was correct for the character that that was, you know, mm -hmm. uh, it's so easy to cry but it's not easy to try and hold that back. You know, when you're breaking down and you're trying to be strong like that's the real struggle and that's really actually more much more interesting to see so when i get a character it really depends on how much i organically connect to them and if there's something that i can easily connect in i can kind of branch from there but if it's something very very different then i have to attack it differently do you have any examples of that there's so much of jasmine that i like just innately connect with but her overt sexuality was not something that i was very familiar with doing like, just like, you know, as a teenager, just talking about things like that. She was like, she had no shame. And that for me was like hard for me. And I think with the middle playing Becky, like she was very violent and that's not necessarily something that I am. Um, so it, it, it varies, but I've been, I, I've played a lot of comedic roles. I think that um, in this next chapter of my career, you'll see me play some more dramatic parts, hopefully and you'll get to see more colors and like maybe more things that I could show that are very different. Oh, I can't wait. Cause I mean, you, you know, like you said with Jasmine, you did get to see some of those like more serious roles and you, you, you killed those aspects as well, both oh, the humor and the, the heart. So I'm um, excited for, for whatever you have next. Yeah. Um,
Yes. <laughs> um, and, you know, going back to like kind of what you were saying about um, some of the roles that you were being chosen for being like a bully or a maid, things like that. Um, and then kind of being able to see that change with the character Jasmine. Have you felt like you've seen a change in how Latinos are being represented? Yes and no. I think that it's so hard because we're not a monolith and we're there's so many different shades to us. And I think you get to see, and it's funny because I'm both of these things, but I, I think you've seen a lot of the Mexican storyline and the Cuban storyline, and I happen to be both of them. But I think that there's so many other countries that are not as much represented. Mm -hmm. And I would love to see more of that because I know less of their story. Um, but I think that... I, it's tough because I do I do see changes. I do see changes. But I think that it's coming from a place where people are not necessarily looking for a Latino for this. Like mm -hmm. they happen to cast a Latino and then like see that, you know, through their eyes and see how they can play a character without it just being there. We need a Latino character for this because this is a Latino story. I think that's where we go wrong because mm -hmm. none, none of our stories are the same. You know what, I, if that makes sense. No, totally. I mean, like, I'm Puerto Rican and Dominican, and I try to think, like, what stories do I, I'm like, West Side Story, Puerto Ricans, that, that's it. I can't think of it. Right? And I how think, many Puerto Ricans were in the, you know, right, exactly. exactly. <laughs> no, 100%. I feel like in general, in certain places, I see changes, like, I feel like I see a lot of changes in Broadway, where, like, people are being cast in roles that, like, you never thought you could be cast in that. And it's like, wow, that's incredible. Like, um, I feel like there's been a bunch of like legally blondes being cast lately where they're casting like black women as Elle Woods. And I'm like, wow, like, oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, just seeing that and, and seeing when they make changes like that, you're like, wow, I had no idea that like, maybe, I don't know, I could have seen myself in something like that. It's impactful. Like it, right. it does impact you like at any age to kind of see that and be, and have that realization. Like just a small thing of like, just seeing a different person in a role can like really change how you feel about yourself and how, like mm -hmm. about what's like possible for you. you that know? was America Fiera for me. Mm -hmm. Like seeing her in Real Women Have Curves, I was like, what? Like she's a Latina and she's curvy? Like, mm -hmm. oh, maybe I can do this, you know? It, it, it's amazing um, how well, the power that representation has for so many that haven't seen that. And I feel like you have inspired so many young people with your career, I mean, I, I know you were at the Gordita um, Chronicles and I, I saw the interview where the, the girl in that show was just like saying Olivia. how much you influenced her. Yes! <laughs> yes. 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 Can you talk a little bit about that and like kind of what that means to you? I have been so blessed and I'm gonna try not to cry about this, but um, I've been so blessed to have this opportunity to, you know, live out my dreams and the fact that there are, that it resonates with other people just blows me away because I know what it's like to be that little girl that wants this so bad but doesn't think it's possible. So when um, when anybody comes up to me and tells me that I've had that sort of impact on them, it, I do not take it for granted. I do not take it for granted. And it, it, it literally blows me away. Uh, when she was talking to me, she, she was just telling me how many she's watched on my block and she watched Liv and Maddie and how that helped her believe that she could do this. And this is what stuck out the most to me. As she said that the, there wasn't something wrong with her. Mm. Yeah. And that, you know, that kills me because again, like we know what it's like to feel like there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with She is just everything. She is such a, a ball of light. And 
Um, to think that I had anything to do with that, I'm just incredibly thankful. I'm very humbled by it, but um, it's it's it, it's a lot because I I just know what it's like to feel like that. I mean, I, there's still days where I feel like that, and I just hope that there's just even more representation for all of us because I I the last thing I want ever is for my daughter to grow up and feel like there's something wrong with her. And I mean, going off of that, I mean you talk so much and use your platform so much to just like really spread so much positivity, you know, supporting body positivity, um, supporting, you know, that Latino representation. I mean, even most recently you were supporting a Mexican American owned bakery who was dealing with racism. How do you get that courage to, I guess, speak out and just like, you know, stand up for these, these things that you believe in? I think it's because it's, it's, it's just about damn time. I think one of the hardest things uh, I've found in the Latino community is is how much we don't support each other. Mm-hmm. You know, there we are. We do have so many different stories, and we're not all the same. But I think that we need to support each other in in in, in any way that we can. Whether that's our our street vendors, whether that's our local businesses. Like I I just think that we need to stand up for each other before anyone else. We can expect anyone else to do that for us. And I really look up to the black community for doing that. And I mean, it's bad enough that there's there's such a lack of support for Afro-Latinos in our community. And that's why I'm also so vocal about that is the only way we're gonna advance as a community is if we support each other, whether that's our shows, whether that's our businesses. And that's why I speak up because I, I'm, I'm tired of seeing that. I'm tired of seeing um, a struggle, you know? And if I can just do a tweet and have that mean something, that's the least I can do. Very, very powerful. It's like, it's a 2022, how, right? How are we not supporting each other or in this place where like we can see all these different stories being told? Um, mm-hmm. You know, I do feel like you, you kind of look around and it's like every show that's getting canceled is one that's like led by Latinos. And it's like, where's the disconnect, right? I don't, I don't even know. Because if we don't see our story told exactly the way that we've, we lived it, we're done. Mm. We're over it. And we don't allow for any breathing room or, or any, you know, uh, like any mistakes really. Like it has to be perfect or it's done. And that's what's so upsetting because we've grown up watching all of these white shows and being fine with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why can't we have the same forgiveness for our shows? So it, it's, it's upsetting, but I hope it's changing. I think it goes back to also like, I mean, we can't even settle if what we're going to be called. Mm-hmm. Like right, you, yeah. there could be an article about how Latinx is like changing the game and we've, we're, we've raised a billion dollars for our community and all the comments will just be like, what is a Latinx and what is this? And what is Latinx? And like, you know, all of these things. And it's like, that's not the conversation. And the thing is, is I support whatever anybody wants to be called. If you are an old school person and you don't want, I understand that. But this isn't, this is more than just an individual that we're trying to encompass everybody and try and find a home for all of us. And the fact that we don't have any wiggle room with that. And we just focus on that, like go off. We did a sketch called Latin X-Men, which we literally (laughs) talked about how it's like, this, this building is burning and people are dying, but we're not going to save them because we're like, well, what are we going to be called? Because I don't want to, yeah, I know that there's something going on over here that's, you know, life-changing, but what are we going to be called? You know, and I think that that, it speaks volumes on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it just breaks my heart that like a, a word that's supposed to make people feel included is what's dividing. Even that idea of like not knowing the language can like be so like, like, 
Girl, I get, I, oh, people like stone me on the street. Uh, let me tell you, really? it, you know, and Same. I'm learning. I'm learning. I have my Duolingo. Like, I'm really trying because I really want Selena to speak Spanish too. Mm-hmm. Um, she's probably going to speak it before I do. Uh, my accent is just horrible. And that's the real problem. I can't roll my R's. I sound like a car stopping. It's horrible. Same. It sucks because I can't tell you how often I'm apologizing for it or how, um, someone will meet me and they'll start speaking to me in Spanish and entiendo todo. So like people will talk to me in Spanish, it's perfect, but no, I'm probably going to respond to you in, in, in broken Spanish and mostly in English. And you see their heart drop mm-hmm. like, Oh, you're not one of us. And it's like, no, please don't do that to me. I have so many different Latin countries running through my blood. Like, stop. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't do that to me. But um, I mean, it's tough. It really, really is tough. And that's another thing is just like with auditions is that, you know, if they're looking for a Latino, they want you to speak Spanish. And mm-hmm. I just know that somebody lives in that better than me. And I would rather that opportunity go to somebody else than me book it and have my ass sound horrible, you know, on CSI, whatever, <laughs> looking, looking stupid. So but yeah, no, it's really, it's really tough. And it, it's hard on me too. But Jolisa's trying, she's trying to teach me, like everyone's mm-hmm. trying to teach me. But no, I feel that I'm not good either. My husband is fluent and we'll practice a little bit. And then I'm like, you know, but I, I do it backwards. Like, you, you know how like everything in Spanish is really the opposite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in like the way it would go me, in English. Me too. And I'm like, <laughs> you see what I was saying though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're <laughs> like, you got to do the noun first and then you talk about what, what, whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. So now I want to get into some of the projects that you're working on now. Um, obviously you are starring on Batman Unburied, the, the podcast series. Tell us a little bit about that. And is that your first time doing like a, a podcast serialized show? Oh yeah. Yeah. And it, I, it was so baffling to me. I remember like um, my husband and I were like getting ready for bed and I just got this email and it was like Batman and Barrett. It was like, we would love you. Like it wasn't even an audition. They offered this to me. Wow, and I was like, wait, what? You know who I am? Like, it's, it's still so baffling to me. Like people will talk to me and they're like, oh, like, you know, we said your name. And I was like, people know my name. <laughs> like it's this, like, that'll never quite, you know, feel normal to me. But they asked me about it and they were like, would you mind? And I was like, are you kidding? to play Renee Montoya, like what? I was taken aback and my husband was like, he's a huge comic book fan and loves, you know, DC and Marvel and everything. And he was like, you have to do this. Like you have to do this. And then I told my friends and they are just as big of fans as as he is. And they were like, if you don't do this, like they've told me before that they wanted me to play her. And I was like, oh, I would be like honored. So it it was really mind blowing. And then I get there and uh, Gina hadn't been cast yet. So I had to read with, an, with a male actor who was never gonna be on this. So I didn't even know how she was gonna, how she was going to do her character. So it was then a whole other nerve wracking experience. Like, am, am I gonna fit? Is it gonna fit well together? Like we were not together. They hadn't cast her character yet. Mm-hmm. So I was so nervous. So, and then even more so like, I'm sure it was tough for her because then she's reading off of what I said. And then I, I'm sure she felt kind of stuck having to react how I did. You know, so it was like, it's, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And girl, like my face is like 99.9% of my career. Like my eyebrows being like a hundred percent of that. So <laughs> I'm sure that that math works. I'm sure it does. But mm-hmm. so it was difficult, like doing everything with your voice. Like that's a whole other thing. Like, and I would love to do like animation and more things like that, but it is not easy. Like I got to give, you know, a lot of, you know, praise to the voiceover uh, actors out there because it is not easy. But I gotta say, like that cast though, 
Oh my God. It's crazy. Winston Duke, like Hassan Minaj, Gina Rodriguez, you. I was like, what? It's like, it's like all of them. And then it's like, oh yeah. And then. No. <laughs> what I was most excited about. <laughs> oh, bless you. oh, I was taken aback. I mean, the first yeah. person I knew was cast was, was Winston. And I actually got to meet him at a um, award uh, ceremony. We got awarded for the Italian Film Festival, which was like a really cool thing. So I stood next to him and it's like, like, hi, how he's, are you? He's, like, he's so he's tall. Huge. Oh God. But he's also like a giant teddy bear. Like he is the sweetest like human. So when I found out that he was gonna be Batman, I was like, oh, of course, like that just makes the most sense. Like his voice is like so dominating. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, he's killed it. And I'm actually really um, the most happy that everyone I know who's huge DC fans, like that's the thing is, is they have the, the biggest fans that will come for you if they don't feel like you would do it right. And they've loved the podcast. Like it's gotten really well received. And I'm like, oh, thank God. Cause like, that's, that's a whole other thing is like, you may, you, you fall in love with a project, you do a project and then you have no idea how people are going to react to it. So the fact that people love it is amazing. Could you tell us a little bit more about um, Renee as a character? Well, she's a badass, and I can't get over what a cool character she is to play because um, she's got two different uh, like problems, I would say. Like problems and also just what she's facing is that she wants to be a great cop. You know, she's really good at it, but also she's struggling with trying to be there for Barbara, but Barbara's like on a whole other level, like going on doing her own things and, and doing her own cases at this point and talking to people that we're not supposed to be talking to. Like these are straight up villains that she's having whole you know, conversations and, and relationships with. And so that's difficult for Renee, but also I know so much more about her like in the future. Like I know Renee and Barbara have a relationship later on um, in the comics. So I was also trying to like play with that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, thinking like, are we gonna get there in the podcast? Like if we do this again, like are we gonna touch on that? And also Renee turns into the question. Mm-hmm. which is like, oh, I want to do that so bad. So I'm like really, really hoping that we continue to do this and they don't like, you know, recast me or something. Please don't. <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, she deals with a lot. Like there's a lot going on with her and I'm just happy that they kind of like allowed me to be a little funny. You know, I think they really wanted her to have like a little bit of, you know, comedy underlying with all of the, you know, copness. Mm-hmm. But no, she's a lot of fun. I, I wish that we were doing it for real, for real. Like, Oh my like gosh, movie, I would right? love that. That would be an insane cast to see that in person. Oof. We, we got to put that into out. I know. Can I we have a petition, so. please? Right? They'll be like, season two, we'll, we'll put that on TV. <laughs> right? That would be mm-hmm. amazing. Oh my God, that'd be so cool. I want to do a little bit of like a real rewind, go back to some of your projects and just like hear like maybe a little fun fact if you can share. Sure. Okay. Let's start with huge. Probably the most nervous I've ever been in my whole life because it was like my first job really. And, you know, I was working with Nikki Blonsky who I just saw off Hairspray, who I was like, oh my God, this is, she's a star. And then Haley Hasselhoff and, you know, Gina, Gina Torres, like I was losing my mind and not knowing really anything about being on set. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know like a mark is where I stand and like, oh, this is my camera. So I really need to be like, my, I should be really focused on this camera. Like that's the thing that um, when you're classically trained or when you're doing a lot of theater, like you don't really think about like your mark, yes. But like positioning, like you, people don't really realize how much an actor is juggling 
mm -hmm. you know, in a scene because they have to hit certain marks. They have to be facing certain ways while you're also thinking of um, your character and then all these words. Like it's like it's not that it's not that easy. Um, we hopefully make it look easy, but it's 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 not. So that was the first time I was dealing with that. And Eric Stoltz was my director one time. And that was just like, oh, like I was starstruck all the time and very, very nervous, very, very nervous. If you talk to Harvey, like he'll tell you, like I was a nervous, nervous wreck the whole time. He was um, like my, my, my like voice on that set. Cause like, I'd be like, I don't know, am I allowed to eat? He's like, yes, oh my God. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was very like, so scared the next one let's talk living maddie the best experience of my life um i met my lifelong friends through that show that i mean they were all in my wedding um joey was one of my groomsmen like john and ron who are the creators of that show married me and my husband oh my god like they wow. yeah like they literally that whole cast that whole crew i still talk to so many of them um, it changed my life forever. And it's funny because they would, they would tell us on set, they were like, this doesn't ever happen. Like this, this, this camaraderie, like this whole thing, like it's so rare. We're like, what are you talking about? Like, it was like summer camp. Mm -hmm. Like we were working. Okay, sure. But we were really just having like the time of our lives. Oh, I love that. I love that family that you guys created. That's amazing. Um, next up, how to get away with murder. Oh my God. Um, probably one of the biggest surprises of my career like i never in a million years like when i got the audition like that's the thing that's so funny about being an actor and i know i go on these tangents but like when you first start going on auditions like you're just like sitting there and you're like so meek and you're so like scared about you know making any choices and then you see like these casting directors and they'll come out and they'll be like sarah oh my god nice to see you and then you're like oh great well sarah's gonna freaking get it cool you know and then i became that and like people would be like, oh, Jessica. And I'm like, oh, oh, hi, we're friends. Okay, great. And going on auditions for that, like they're like, oh, we love your work on All My Block. And I was like, wait, you know who, like what? Like, you know who I am? Like you cast for freaking How to Get Away with Murder. So auditioning for that, I just felt so much more calm. And that changes, you know, everything in a performance. You can tell I'm kind of neurotic. So um, I auditioned for that. And then being on set was just life changing. Like, I remember the first day um, having a PA take me from, like, my trailer to set. And they're like, hold on, we're just going to wait, like, one second for Viola. And I was like, wait, what? I was like, I'm, I'm going to walk with Viola. Like, Viola doesn't have, like, her own, like, like, like men that carry her, like, to her trailer. Like, the Viola Davis. Like, what? And she was just the most normal, the most humble, the most incredible human you've ever wanted to meet. Like, when they tell you you don't want to meet your heroes... Like, I totally understand that, but she was one that you would definitely want to meet. Like, she was everything you want her to be. And I was going through such a hard time. I would think I, I was planning my wedding and my mm -hmm. mom had a massive heart attack oh. eight weeks before my wedding and we almost lost her. So she went into heart surgery, open heart surgery during the week I was supposed to have my biggest episode with, um, mm -hmm. I was supposed to have a whole fight with Viola. Like it was a whole thing. And I turned it down because I was going to be by my mom's side, like I was not gonna, you know. And they were so incredible to me. Like they didn't write me off. They like were, were keeping tabs on me. Like how is she? Like, like they didn't, no one had to do that. And they were all incredible. And I remember Viola like sat me down and was like, everything's gonna be okay. She's gonna be fine. And I was just like, it was such a surreal situation, you know? So I had an incredible time on that set. Like everyone was, was really so, so good to me. 
next one is on my block. Obviously, the like the the most life changing of any job I've ever had, um, and I will thank that show till the day I die because Jasmine was my favorite character I've ever played. Aww. But um, I also got an entire family from them. Like the the five of us were, or the six of us were just inseparable, and we still talk. And like I'm having dinner with Jason on Friday. Like we still hang out all the time, which is so nice because we're all doing so many different things. Mm -hmm. um, they were all like the brothers and sisters I wish I had growing up, you know? And mm -hmm. the difference between them and Liv and Maddie was that culturally we understood each other on a level that I wasn't getting from them. No shade. <laughs> <laughs> they're great, but they're white. Mm -hmm. um, so I just kind of got this camaraderie and this familia that I didn't really ever have. So that was just, is it, just priceless. And, and again, I still like, see them all the time even the producers and everything i'm trying to think of like a story i could tell that is even pg enough for for a podcast because like we're a mess but um <laughs> right no but we just we just had the greatest times you know it's just sad that our last season had to be during covid so mm -hmm. we couldn't you know have all the camaraderie that we're used to but i found out that i was pregnant with selena the last day of filming Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah, the very last day. Funny story there is that um, Brett told me as soon as I got married, we were actually the first wedding he'd ever been to. And he was like a crying mess. And he'll deny it, but we have pictures. Um, but he told me as soon as we got married, you're, you got to be pregnant next Thursday. You better be pregnant next Thursday. And every Thursday, he'd be like, are you pregnant? You better be pregnant next Thursday. And he was the only person I told the day I found out. And I was like, okay, so I'm only telling you, but but I'm pregnant. And he was like, he was like, and it's a Thursday. And he was like, like so, it's <laughs> like crying, like it was like a whole thing. But yeah, no. And then we rented a house, I think, right after filming, to kind of like have a real goodbye for all of us because of COVID. We didn't have a wrap party. We didn't have anything. So it was kind of like really sad that we didn't have that time to be with each other. So we got a house in Airbnb and we spent the weekend together. And I told them each individually that I was pregnant. And yeah. I should have filmed it because it was, it was, it was so fun. Aww. But yeah, no, I, I miss those little, little jerks. I actually saw Brett at the Stranger Things red carpet and he gave me a message to send to you. So I don't know what it means, I guess. Oh, maybe, maybe with context, but he just says, thank you for giving back the car. So ah! <laughs> What I is that? kept that damn thing. He <laughs> kept his car at my house for, oh my God, almost a year. <laughs> like almost a year. It was just parked outside my house. And like we we would wash that thing because it would get so like dirty. There would be like spider webs coming out of the like the tires. Like it was insane. But no, we, he kept it here forever because he's, you know, bi-coastal and he's mostly in Philly. Mm -hmm. So he's very rarely here. And he was like, I don't know what to do with my car. I was like, I'll oh, just keep it at my house. Thinking it would be like a month or two, like not like an entire year. Like I'm, I'm freaking starting that thing up and moving it back and forth so it doesn't mm -hmm. just completely die. Yeah. It was like having another kid. But no, um, yeah, he, 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 he didn't pick it up. His people picked it up. It was the most bougie. Like they called me. They were like, well, are you available for us to pick up the car? If not, you can leave the keys in your mailbox. And like, I'm like, who are you? <laughs> Like, who am I giving your keys to? Like, no, he's he's bougie. He's got people now. Uh, but, um, yeah, no, he's lucky he got it back. It was cute. <laughs> Too funny. Yeah, he was like, yeah, if you're going to talk to her, this is the message you got to send her. I was like, okay, sounds good. That's hilarious. <laughs>
for the last one, uh, Diary of a Future President. The show that should have had a hundred more seasons. It should have. Basically, it like, really should have. I'm so mad about that, honestly. So mad about that because I feel like this show was something that I wish I would have had growing up. And also I know that so many people, especially in the LGBT community, would have loved to have seen growing up, you know, especially as a Latino struggling, um, you know, our culture isn't necessarily the most welcoming with those that are coming out of the closet. So the fact that we had a character whose family was embracing him and like encouraging him to be himself is just so beautiful. And we need more shows like that, especially to watch with our families. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it was really heartbreaking that it that it's not continuing, but I thought it was a beautiful show. I loved everybody on that show. It was a Latino show that had like Latinos in front of the camera, behind the camera. It was, it was you know, and working with Selenice was a freaking working with the masterclass, you know, like she's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it breaks my heart. It really does. Yeah, that show was great. That last season with, uh, yeah, like you said, this, the storyline with, with Selenice and her son and like, him coming out to her was like so yeah. beautiful. Your, your beautiful love story that you got to have. I know I didn't get to get a wedding. Right, that would have been beautiful. I was supposed to have a wedding. <laughs> God, Disney, what are you yeah. doing? Man, I'm telling you, they cancel all the good shows. They cancel all my right? favorite ones. I know. That's how I felt about one day at a time. I was like, that was like the sh- the show. Me and my mom would be like waiting at you know all the time for. Like we would get in our robes and we would just like get portos and we would just watch. Mm-hmm. And we, I love, love that show so much. We should have a moment for all, of our shows for all the Latino shows that we love and have lost. Julian the Phantoms, anybody? I know. <laughs> That's like if you comment, if you if Netflix posts anything, it just goes Julian the Phantoms, Julian the Phantoms, Julian. Like then like Annie with an E, and then Julian the Phantoms, Julian the Phantoms. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. I want to jump forward a little bit to what you have coming up next. I know you've mentioned writing and I mean, obviously you're busy with, with your beautiful daughter, but like what, where can we see you next? Like what, what are you working on? Well, I actually just finished a short film um, with uh, Annie Gonzalez. Uh, she plays my sister. It's called Illegally Brown. Uh, Gabby Lugo is the director writer of it. And it was the best experience. It was the most fun. I think I've had a hot, you know, since I gave birth. <laughs> it was like my first project coming out, you know, cause that was so fun. Mm-hmm. But um, we hope to, you know, see that go somewhere. We're, you know, crossing every finger that it becomes an actual feature. Mm-hmm. And hopefully that will. And, you know, we're producing that as well. Um, I've been dipping my toe in some producing. I want to, you know, be able to do everything. I want to write, produce, direct, star, all of the things. Yes. Um, oh, I love that for you. Oh, oh yeah. No, I, I love every aspect of filmmaking. So I just want to be a part of it all. Because even on, on Live and Maddie, like I would shadow other departments because I think as a good director, you know every department and what they do and what you should expect from them. So I like to just be like, well, I'm not working this week. Can I shadow the, the DP or the AD? Or you do not want to be an AD. That is the hardest job ever in life. Just <laughs> point that out to anybody listening. It is very, very hard. But um, yeah, I'm doing that. I have a couple projects in the works um, as far as films that I can't really say too much because we're in the very early stages of it. And then I'm developing um, a series for myself that I can't say too much about but I really hope you all will love it and um not let it get canceled after one season (laughs) can't let it get canceled we gotta support please please. where can people find you online where can people follow you see what you're up to 
mostly my house. I don't leave, but I won't tell you where that is. But um, on Instagram, I'm at Jess underscore M for Marie underscore Garcia. On Twitter, I'm at Jess Marie Garcia. And then on the Tiki Talk, I'm at Jess Marie with only M-A-R-I Garcia. Because there's like other people pretending to be me. I'm like, y'all, let me get one and then you can pretend to be me. <laughs> no, not that my name isn't like the, not the most common name you've ever heard in your life. But I want to thank you so much for your time. This has been incredible getting to learn more about you and about your career and all of the incredible things that you're doing. Thank you for having me. I'm just like with the baby so often that I'm like, oh my God, an adult human. Hello. <laughs> Let's Big thank you again to Jessica for joining us on this episode. I had so much fun catching up with her. You can watch the video podcast at youtube.com slash kmaldo, the audio version on any of your favorite podcast listening platforms, or get more insight at our news outlet, popcultureplanet.net. You can keep up with the podcast by following me pretty much everywhere at kmaldo or the show at popcultplanet. Get your own Pop Culture Planet merch at teespring.com slash stores slash kmaldo. And if you enjoy the episodes, consider subscribing so you know when a new one is posted. Rate and review this podcast and share it with your fellow pop culture lovers. Thanks for listening. It's been a blast and I'll catch you in the latest episode.